Father, I just want to ask for you to please send your spirit to speak through me. Please touch the hearts of the people here and help us to not just hear a good message and go back with the same people, but to live lives for you that are fully dedicated to you. Amen. It was the week before exams, the first year of medical school. And it was a day where I did not have any class. I was going to study all day long, to go take a practice exam, and then go and study all day long until I went to bed. I wanted to reach a soul that day. But how on earth is that going to happen when you study all day long, go take your practice exam, and go and study till you go to sleep? God had a plan. I was studying all day long at home by myself. Went to take the exam. Walked in, dropped my backpack off. Ran into a classmate. She had heard I was the class pastor, and we started chatting. Nothing particularly spiritual, just the usual, where are you from, where did you go to undergrad, that sort of conversation. Turns out that she went to a Protestant university, and she said, you know, I wish it had been more spiritual. I didn't expect that answer just from my, my interaction with her. I was surprised. I said, really? That's, you know, that's interesting. She said, you know, I had a friend that went to Bob Jones University in South Carolina. And I really wish I could have gone there. And I was even more surprised. I said, really? Are you Baptist? And she said, no. We're walking to the exam together. And I, she said, no, I'm not Baptist. I actually grew up in this other church, this other Protestant church. And when I was a teenager, we left because it was getting very liberal, very unbiblical. And she said, you know, I've been looking for a church ever since. I've been looking for a church in college. I've been looking for a church now. I've actually tried going to the local Adventist church. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, it seems like Adventism isn't very different than these other Christian denominations. I said, well, you know, there were a few differences, and she kind of asked me, you know, what are these differences? And I said, you know, I'm not trained at AFCO. I'm not trained at Arise. But God was, I was willing for God to use me, and that's what God wanted. So the thing that came to my mind was share about the state of the dead. By this time, we were sitting down in the exam. It just so happened that we were able to sit next to each other. In all the other exams, we did not, we were not allowed to sit next to each other. But God allowed for us to sit next to each other in this one exam. So this conversation continued as the exam was getting ready to begin. I shared about the state of the dead. And I said, you know, we believe that when we die, we rest in the grave until Jesus comes. And she said, you know, that makes so much sense. Because my grandmother said that the Bible says that when Jesus comes, the dead come up to rise up to meet him in the air. I said, you know, that's right. We believe it because the Bible says it. 
I said, you should come with me to Avonhope sometime. A couple weeks later, she came with me to church. And do you know what the Sabbath school lesson was on? It was on the state of the dead. She was so interested. And we came, she came to my home afterwards. We had lunch together and we started talking. She started asking me about prophecy, about, about the role of modern day prophets, about all these different questions she had about spiritual things. She started to share with me, you know, med school has been really challenging for me, not academically, but socially, because I'm so socially isolated. I didn't come from an Adventist university. I don't know anyone. I'm so alone. And I really started to see she has a spiritual need, but she also has a huge social need. And I can't ignore that social need in ministering to the spiritual need. I have to look out for both. So I started intentionally spending time with my classmates befriending her, talking to her. And God opened remarkable doors for us to spend time together in that way, even in med school. I started praying for God to give me divine appointments every day. And He did. She would ask me, why do you eat what you eat? Or tell me, what do you do for your devotions? How do you keep that going in med school? Or she would ask me, what else did she ask me? She would ask me, we were, we were talking one time, she said, doesn't the Bible teach that Israel has to, about the restoration of Israel and prophecy? We were able to share that in, in Christ, you are, is, you are the seed of Israel. And to share these truths with her, she would bring it up. One evening we were talking and she said, you know, I've really been looking for a church to make my home church here at school. She said, I'd actually like to make that happen hope. Like, wow. A couple weeks ago, we were talking, and she said, Debbie, you know, I've been reading the Bible, but I also want to find a really good devotional book to read. Could you recommend one? She brought this up, not me. I said, you know, let me, let me think about that. I'll definitely get back to you. The day before I came out here, I brought her a Steps to Christ, and she was so excited to get the book. She said, you know, I have been looking for something to make my devotional life richer. She said, it's been too shallow. This is what I need. And I'm very excited to see where God is going to take this experience. Ministering now as a student, even as a medical student, even as a second-year medical student, the year that is notorious for being the hardest year of medical school. God has people. He, want, he places in our lives for us to reach out to, even as a student. Medical evangelism is for every person, for every need, and for every time. In my classmate that I was reaching out to, it was for not just her social need, but also the social need to lead to a spiritual need, reaching out, befriending her to reach her spiritually. Medical evangelism is for every need. It's also for every person. God is calling students 
to participate in it. God is calling every church member to participate in it. It's for every time. Who would think that right before an exam, you'd have a divine appointment? Who would think that in the craziness of medical school, that you would be able to reach a soul? But God is saying medical evangelism is for every time. It's for every person. It's for every need. And I want to look at what that means in more detail as we study the comparison between Isaiah 58 and the three angels' message. But first, I want to look at what the health message means. We've, we've touched on this a little bit already if you've been at, at every seminar. But I want to touch on what it means for medical evangelism to be for every person. It's a call to live like Christ lived personally and in ministry to others. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The health message is a message to follow Christ, to live a life of self-denial, to live a life of service for God. It's a call to give God glory as you do not what you want, but what Christ would have you do. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. The health message is a call to glorify God. It's a call for every church member, every student, to live a life that glorifies God, a life of self-denial, a life of honoring God and how you personally care for your health and sharing that with others. Not only is medical evangelism a call for every person because we are called to follow Christ, it's a call for every person because it's at the core of the three angels' message. And I want to look at what that means as we compare the three angels' message with Isaiah 58. Testimony 6, page 289 says, The union that should exist between the medical missionary work and the ministry is clearly set forth in the 58th chapter of Isaiah. So as we study this in the context of the three angels' message, we will see that the health message is at the core of the three angels' message and that every church member, every student is called to proclaim that message to the world. Turn with me to Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7. Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation, and kindred, and tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea, and the fountains of water. I want to break this down. Keep your finger there and turn with me to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. There's a beautiful parallel between Isaiah 58 and the three angels' message that we're going to look at this afternoon. 
Isaiah 58 verses 1 starts off, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sin. Isaiah 58 starts off with a cry aloud, just like the loud cry that we have in Revelation 14. This is a loud cry that's to be given to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. It's the everlasting gospel. It's a call for every church member to participate in giving this loud cry. So what's the message that they cry, that we are called to cry aloud? Revelation 14, verses 7 says, saying with a loud cry, fear God. This is paralleled in Isaiah 58, verses 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. This is a people that's professing to fear God, to say that's my chief desire, my delight to seek God. But there's a problem we see in verses 3 to 5. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Where have we afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye you find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with a fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul, is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast, and an acceptable day to the Lord? The problem is that there's a people that are professing to fear God, to seek Him first, and yet at the same time they're living for themselves. They're living for their own pleasure. They're living to see what they can get out of somebody else. The problem is selfishness. Saying that you fear God, fear God, living a profession of Christianity, but not practically in your life, demonstrating that in how you interact with others. But there's a solution to this problem. The solution continues in the parallel between Isaiah 58 and Revelation 14. Revelation 14 continues in verse 7. Not only saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to Him. The three angels' message is not just to fear God, but to give glory to Him. Remember we talked about giving glory to God. That's referring to caring for our health. It's referring to give, giving God glory in everything we do. Living a life of self-denial. Caring for God for the body that God has given us, sharing that with others. The three angels' message continues, give glory to God. And we see that in Isaiah 58 as the solution to this problem of selfishness, of a profession to serve God, apart from practically demonstrating that in our lives, in a life of service to others. The solution is medical evangelism in the true sense of ministering to every need, physical, social, and spiritual. 
And the purpose of ministering to the physical and the social needs is so you can bring them to Christ, so you can bring them to the spiritual need. Social and physical ministry is not an end of itself. God is saying these are important, but they're tools to bring people to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We see this parallel of giving God glory from Revelation 14 to verse 6 and 7 in Isaiah chapter 58. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. And the, thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. We see in verses 6, that we're called to spiritual ministry to others, loosing the bands of wickedness, undoing the heavy burdens, letting the press go free, breaking every yoke. We're called to minister to the social and physical needs as well, as a means of bringing people to Christ, dealing thy bread to the hungry, bringing the poor that are cast out to thy house, clothing the naked, not hiding yourself from mankind. This is the health message. We see that in verse 8. Your health results as a result of ministry to others. God is saying at the core of our message, at the core of the three angels' message, is the health message. This is a message of medical evangelism for every need, physical and social, to reach people spiritually. This is the solution to people that profess to serve God, but in their life, demonstrate selfishness instead of ministry to others. The parallel continues. But in Welfare Ministry, page 30, we read, The fast which God can accept is described. It is to deal thy bread to the hungry and to bring the poor which are cast out to thy house. Wait not for them to come to you. The labor rests not on them to hunt you up and entreat of you a home for themselves. You are to search for them and bring them to your house. You are to draw out your soul after them. You are with one hand to reach up and by faith take hold of the mighty arm which brings salvation while with the other hand of love you reach the oppressed and relieve them. It is impossible for you to fasten upon the arm of God with one hand, while the other is employed in ministering to your own pleasure. We are called to not wait for people to come begging to, 
come to us begging and saying, can you please do this or that or the other? We're to actually proactively go out and say, who can I reach out to? Who has a physical or a spiritual need, a social need that I can reach out to? Who can I minister to and bring to Christ as a result of ministering to their needs? God is calling for us to have a broader view of the health message. It's not just the physical. It's also caring for the social needs, the spiritual needs of those around us. The parallel continues between Revelation 14 and Isaiah 58. Revelation 14 verse 7 says, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him. For the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. This is a quote directly from Exodus 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The call to worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and fountains of water is a call to observe the Sabbath. And God's saying, we are called, every church member, every student is called to proclaim the three angels' message, to proclaim, fear God, give glory to Him, the health message at its core. The hour of judgment has come. Worship Him that made heaven and earth, the sea and fountains of water. Obey the Sabbath truth. This is paralleled. In Isaiah 58, verses 12 to 14. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. We see the parallel between the Sabbath and the three angels' message and the Sabbath in Isaiah 58. God is calling every church member, every student, every person to proclaim the three angels' message to the whole world, to proclaim the message of fearing God, giving Him glory in how we care for our bodies. The message of the hour of His judgment has come. The message of the Sabbath. The health message is at its core, and it's a part that cannot be separated of the truth that we are to proclaim to the world. This is a message for every church member to proclaim in union with the truth that we have as Christians. And we saw in Isaiah 58 that although these people were professing to serve God, they had a professing desire and love for God, what was missing was the practical aspect, the practical demonstration of love to others. The meeting of others' physical and social needs to minister to them spiritually. That was what was missing in Isaiah 58. And God is saying, when you take my 
the hurt that I want to give you and you minister to others instead of living a selfish life, then you will experience the ability to fully proclaim the three angels' message. You will experience the ability to give God glory in everything that you do. You will be able to proclaim the Sabbath more effectively. This is a message for every person. Medical evangelism is for every person. It's for students. It's for every church member. It's for every person. Even if you're not involved directly in a healthcare profession or in pastoral ministry, God is calling us to proclaim this message at the core of the three angels' message. Testimonies, Volume 7, page 62 says, we have come to a time when every member of the church should take hold of medical missionary work. The world is a laser house filled with victims of both physical and spiritual disease. Everywhere people are perishing for a lack of a knowledge of the truths that have been committed to us. The members of the church are in need of an awakening that they may realize their responsibility to impart these truths. Those who have been enlightened by the truth are to be light bearers to the world. To hide our light at this time is to make a terrible mistake. The message to God's people today is, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. God is calling every member to be involved in medical evangelism every church member, every student. And something broader, we usually think it's such a narrow thing that only certain people should be involved. But God's saying, no. Look for how you can reach the social, the basic physical needs of those around you. And look for how you can use that to reach people spiritually. Look for how you can use that to bring souls to Christ. So what does that mean for us? today, us as students, what does that mean for us? Medical evangelism isn't just for every person, isn't just for every need, it's for every time. God is calling for us to start now, to have it be incorporated into everything we do, to have evangelism be what drives us. Medical evangelism, which ministers to the physical, the social, and most of all, the spiritual needs of those around us. God is saying medical evangelism is for every time. God is saying, get involved now. Now as a student, I have people I want you to reach. I have souls I want you to win. Turn with me to Matthew 21, verses 28. Matthew 21, verses 28. And it says, son, go work today in my vineyard. God is calling us to not delay in his service. God is calling us to begin today, to begin now, to not wait until we graduate, to reach out to the people he places in our lives right now. God is calling us to be a missionary. This is not a call for a few. This is a call for all. This is a call for not just taking a year off as a student missionary. God is saying, be a student missionary for all four years of college. 
God is saying, be a missionary wherever I place you at all times in your life. The mission field has arrived and it's right here, right now. It's wherever God places us. It's everything. It should be incorporated into everything we do. Christian Service, page 65, says, Students should take a broad view of their present obligations to God. They are not to look forward to a time after the school term closes when they will do some large work for God, but should study how, during their student life, to yoke up with Christ in unselfish service for others. God is saying, stir it now as a student in ministry to others, in evangelism, in ministering to the social and the physical needs to bring people to a saving relationship with Christ, to bring people to the truth of the Bible, to minister to their spiritual needs. Start now as a student. Learn how to minister to those needs. And then when you are out, wherever God places you, you will continue to minister because that is at the core of who you are. This is one of my favorite quotes from Prophets and Kings, page 221. It says, The call to place all on the altar of service comes to each one. We are not all asked to serve as Elisha served, nor are we all bidden to sell everything we have. But God asks us to give his service the first place in our lives. To allow a few days to pass. No day. No day to pass without doing something to advance his work and the earth. God has people every single day in every single one of our lives that he wants us to reach. He has opportunities, doors he wants to open. And he's saying, all I'm asking is that you're willing. I have, God's saying, I have people with social needs, with physical needs, especially with spiritual needs. And as you minister to these people, I place in your life, you will be blessed. God is saying, think big, take initiative, step out even if no one else is doing this. Follow me. Study what the Bible and Spirit of Prophecy had to say about how to do this. There was so much that I could have shared, that I wanted to share, that I had no time to share. And God is saying, go and study what I would have you do, how I would have you reach souls. Look for ways, be intentional about reaching the spiritual, physical, and social needs of those around you. Pray for divine appointments. Not just when you go door to door, that's great and you should. Pray for divine appointments every single day as a student. I was telling you the story of praying for divine appointments and how God opened the door with my classmate to share steps to Christ, how God opened the door to share the opportunity to come to church, to share about prophecy about Israel. God has divine appointments for us every single day of our lives. And if you ask him for it, he will show you who to reach out to. One day, a few weeks ago, I was praying for a divine appointment. Very busy time in medical school, second year. Particularly busy time during the second year. And it was for a prayer group. I was praying about who to ask to give the worship thought for the prayer group that we had that day. And I was thinking about asking one particular 
person that usually did a good job, usually had something really good from the Bible, the spirit of prophecy to share about what it meant to be a physician, about the vision in medicine. And I was thinking, you know, I'll, I'll ask this person. And I was about to ask him, and I felt impressed. No, go ask this other student. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I went and asked the student. The next day, he came and shared worship thought for our prayer group. And he said, he shared his, um, something he had read in a devotional book about a student that had come to Loma Linda with a vision to be a missionary. During the time in school, the student had lost their vision for mission work. They got so sucked up into school, they forgot completely about it. And as my friend shared this devotion, he said, that's my experience. I came with a passion to be a missionary once I graduated, and I've totally forgotten about that, particularly in second year of medical school. I've gotten so focused looking down the books that I forgot to look up at Christ. He said, that's been my experience. And then he started to share about how God had brought him to medical school, how God had led him there to a Christian school rather than leading him to the public school that he wanted to go to. And then my other classmates started to share with this prayer group how God had led them specifically to Loma Linda, how God had been faithful in the past and led and guided their lives. And it was powerful to see and hear their testimonies. After class, I was talking to my friend, and I said, you know, thank you so much. That was a blessing to hear how God has been working in your life and to hear you share. And he said something that really touched my heart. He said, you know, I'm so glad you asked me to do that because I know I should have devotions every day, but school has just kind of pushed that out of my life. And when you asked me, I thought, you know, I need to go and, and seek God and spend some time with God so I can know what I should share. And I spent time with God yesterday afternoon and really gave me the peace that I needed that day. I thought, wow, you know, that was an opportunity that God gave me, even in the midst of a crazy school year, to reach someone. And who knows what impact that will have on that young man's life. And it just reminded me that God has people that he wants us to reach, no matter how busy we think we are. God has lives he wants us to touch. He wants us to pray for divine appointments. He wants us to touch people's lives. He wants to do that through us. And what a privilege for God to work through us, to allow us to impact the lives of others, to reach souls for God. Medical evangelism is for every time. It's for being involved in ministry now. And it's for personally living now the health message. Having that be incorporated in everything we do. Not just an act of witness, but an example that glorifies God. It's having a deep, richer devotional life, deeper in God's word and in prayer, and having that permeate everything, permeate on attitude. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, through 18, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in you. In medical school, particularly, and in other schools, it's easy to complain, to be like, boy, I have it rough. I have a tough exam. 
But God's saying, no, have an experience with me that has, creates joy in you that goes out to those around you. Focus on the positive. Whether you're a student or graduated or wherever you are in life, God is saying, have a devotional life that affects your example to others, affects your attitude, affects your excellence. God is calling for us to be excellent in everything we do. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. God is calling us to be excellent students, to be excellent doctors, to be excellent nurses, to be excellent at whatever God calls us to do. And in that way, to glorify God. God is calling us to live a life of medical evangelism in a personal example as well as an active witness for Him. God is calling us to a life of balance and temperance in caring for our personal health so we can have a closer relationship with Christ. God is calling us to live out the gospel, live out medical missionary work in our own lives. Councils on Diets and Foods, page 33 and 34, expands upon this. Shall we who have had such great opportunities allow the people of the world to go in advance of us in health reform? Shall we cheapen our minds and abuse our talents by wrong eating? Shall we transgress God's holy law by following selfish practices? Shall our inconsistency become a byword? Shall we live such unchristian-like lives that the Savior will be ashamed to call us brethren? Shall we not rather do that medical missionary work, which is the gospel in practice, living in such a way that the peace of God can rule in our hearts? Shall we not remove every stumbling block from the feet of unbelievers, ever remembering what is due to a profession of Christianity? Far better give up the name of Christian than make a profession and at the same time indulge appetites which strengthen unholy passions. God calls upon every church member to dedicate his life unreservedly to the Lord's service. Medical missionary work is not just what we do to others. God is calling us to minister to the needs, the physical and social needs of others so we can reach them spiritually. But God is also saying medical missionary work is living the gospel in our lives. It's personally glorifying God in how we care for our own health. It's incorporating new start, not just in what we teach to others, but in our own experience. And when you do that personally, God opens far more doors for you to share. For example, when you know how to make healthy food that tastes good, people will come to you like they've come to me and say, how do you do this? Can you show me? Can we cook together? And it's a simple way to minister to a need of the people around you. When you personally take time to exercise and you can take a friend that really wants to go but doesn't have the determination to go by themselves and say, would you like to go with me? God blesses and I've had this experience, I've had people do this numerous times and it's a blessing, it's an encouragement to those around you. When you personally live the health message, God opens opportunities for you to share that with those around you. When you take time to get sleep in school 
And people look at you and they're like, you're not tired? Especially in medical school, it's very noticeable. That's an opportunity for you to say, you know, yes, I take that seriously. And God blesses. And it's possible to follow God's health laws as a student to glorify God in everything you do. God is faithful when you're faithful to the laws that He's given us. And God's asking for you to make this a priority in your own personal life, to honor God in how you care for your body. God is also asking us in our personal example to be tempered in how we work and how we even do ministry. It's so easy to overwork, especially when we see such a great need and so few people filling the need. But God's saying, pray for more laborers. I've seen this prayer answered in my ministry in med school. God has sent people specifically to do more outreach, and God is blessed. And you should be involved in evangelism. You should be involved in ministry as a student. But God is saying, be temperate and still take care of your health while you do this, while you are a student. Honor me in everything you do. Matthew 9, 36-38 says, But when he, that's Christ, saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. When Christ saw so much work to be done, like we see in the church today, he had compassion for the people that were flocking to him when he was tired. And he said, pray for more laborers. That's what we're called to do today. In addition to being involved in evangelism now, as students, we are called to pray for more laborers. We're called to have compassion like Christ had. We are called to live a life of medical evangelism. Having a devotional life that is so deep and rich that it permeates our attitude. It makes us want to be excellent in everything we do, not for ourselves, but to honor God. It drives us to glorify God and how we personally care for our health. And it gives us compassion to those around us. It gives us compassion when we have a to-do list a mile long when we're behind in school and a friend comes and needs someone to talk to, to take that time, it gives us compassion to reach out a helping hand and not be too busy for those in need. Councils for the Church, page 308 says, The Savior gave the disciples practical lessons, teaching them how to work in such a way as to make souls glad in the truth. He sympathized with the weary the heavy laden, the oppressed. He fed the hungry and healed the sick. Constantly he went about doing good. By the good he accomplished, by his loving words and kindly deeds, he interpreted the gospel to men. God is calling us to live like Christ left, to live a life with a personal example as well as an active witness for God, to live a life of medical evangelism. God is calling us as students, as church members. 
God is calling every person. God is calling us for every need, the physical and the social, to reach people spiritually. God is calling us at every time, now in our lives, as students, wherever God places us. God is calling us now to reach out in evangelism to those around us, to live a personal life that glorifies God. God is calling us now. I really want to make that appeal with every head bowed and every eye closed. We've seen this morning, that this afternoon, that God is calling us to live a life of service for Him. God is calling us to live a life of medical evangelism. This is not a call just for pastors, just for health care providers. This is a call for every person, every follower of Christ. Some of us may have been waiting, thinking that this was something for someone else to do. But God is saying, no. It's at the core of the three angels' message. It's what I have in store for you. I want you to reach out to those in need. The physical and the social, to reach people spiritually. I want you to start right now. I want you to start an active ministry to those around you. I want you to start in your personal life. And this afternoon, you would like to answer God's call and say, yes, I want to follow you in ministry. I want to live a life that glorifies you. I want to reach out to the needs of those around me starting now. If it's your desire to follow Christ in this way, raise your hand. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for the privilege of being a laborer with you, for your word that gives us guidance, and for your love for us. Please be with each person that made a decision this afternoon. Father, help them not to forget about their decision. Please give each one of them divine appointments and opportunities to share you, to reach out to the physical and social and all the needs of those around them, to win souls for you, to reach the spiritual needs of others. Thank you so much for being our God, for your power to do this in us, for hearing our prayer. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.